Every time we start a new series, um, my wife would come. I'd invite my wife, and she'd come and pray over the church. And um, as much as I'd like to do that, she didn't come to church today because um, one of our kids is recovering from the flu. Um, I know I sound like I have the flu. I just woke up really nasal, so I apologize for that. Um, And so my wife's at home. I think my wife's watching. I hope she's watching. Can someone confirm that? (laughs) Um, But I thought it'd be um, proper for me to just pray over our new series and over our church. So why don't I pray one more time? Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to spend this first Sunday in your house. Lord, you are the giver of life. You are the God who not just created the world, but is in control of the world, and we acknowledge that. And so, Lord, as we come to you with this new series, Above and Beyond, Lord, pierce our hearts and show us your desire for us. Remind us why you created us and what you want for us in this life. Lord, Thank you so much for everyone here. Thank you so much for everyone who's joining us online. We just pray for your expansion of our hearts, that you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, would not my words be heard tonight, but would your Spirit be felt tonight? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So every year, Um, Every year, we as a church, we start the year with a motto. You know, a motto is a short uh, slogan that kind of describes a brand or a product or a season, you know. Um, For many years, my personal motto has been go to the gym, right? And just, you know, we just can't, you know, we'll get there, we'll get there, right? Um, Last year, um, our motto was Vision 2020 to see God clearer. And uh, I, I was reflecting on that, and I was like, man, like, it was such a crazy year, but from so many people, I heard that they really got to see God clearer last year through all the craziness. And so I was really grateful uh, for that. This year, our motto is above and beyond, above and beyond. And I'm going to unpack this motto over the next month. Uh, what does it mean? To live your life above and beyond where you are now. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a big planner, right? I, I sit there, I contemplate, uh, I, I think, I, I look at my schedule and I go, okay, what am I doing this year? You know, what am I going to do this year? What are some of the goals that I'm going to set for myself this year? What are some of the plans that I'm going to set for myself this year? And then I, I write them down and hopefully as the year goes on, I get to tick them off. You know, some people understand tickers, right? List tickers, that's what they're called. There is a, there, there's a, um, a hormone that gets released for these people called endorphin, right? When you tick off a list, you actually feel amazing, right? That's me right? I live on that drug, right? I make lists for like nearly every day. Like go get up, watch the kids, you know, don't kill the kids, you know, and then as I tick them off, I feel so good. I feel so accomplished, right? But the problem with making plans is 
is when you don't get to tick them off, right? So for many people, last year, this is what happened, right? At the beginning of the year, we said, 2020 is going to be an amazing year. Here's the list of 100 things that I'm going to do. I'm going to travel. Uh, that didn't happen, you know? I'm going to, I'm going to get out and I'm going to explore the world. Uh, didn't happen, you know? I'm going to meet new friends. Uh, didn't happen, you know? So many of our plans got thrown out last year because of the global pandemic. And it's not that the pandemic has disappeared, right? We're wired to think about the future. See, we're wired to think about the future. That's why we plan. Now, some of you have said, like me, you write down a list. But for the most of us, we have an idea of what this year kind of looks like. And I know last year was a bit of a kick in the face, right, for making plans, but doesn't mean that we shouldn't make plans. See, when you make a plan, what it's telling yourself is that you actually want to do something with your life. When you think about, what am I going to do this week, right? When you think about your schedule, what you're actually saying in your subconscious is, I want to achieve something this week. I want to do something with my life because the alternative is what? Just to exist. And what's sad is there's a lot of people in this world. They don't live. They just exist. But friends, We were not created to just exist. You were not created to wake up, breathe, live, work, sleep, finish, and then repeat, repeat, repeat. God created you for so much more than just existence. Now, I want to take you through some scripture today to firstly show you this. Now, whether you believe this or not, that's up to you, right? But I want to show you very clearly from scripture that you are created not just to exist, but actually to live above and beyond. Genesis 1, 26 to 28, then God said, and this is in the creation narrative, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, this comes out of that first chapter of Genesis that talks about how God created the world. And over, over five days, he creates all these things, the sun, the moon, mountains, trees, plants, birds, animals, Right? And on the sixth day, he creates humans. He creates Adam. And that's what he says. That's what he says. Let's make man in our image. See, what's really cool is, right, everything else that God created was created for existence. 
mountain. You just be mountain. Tree. You just be tree. Rock. Just sit there. You know? But the only part of creation that God gave actual command and purpose was man. Every other animal and plant exists for themselves, but man was not only, not only was he created in the image of God, but was given greater purpose that was above and beyond. And that purpose was to rule the earth and over all living creatures. Right? It's, it's different. We were created for more. Only man, only man was created for something more. The second passage comes from Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, not only did God create man for greater purpose, but he actually created us for plans. That's why we plan. We're wired like that. Now, you don't hear or read God's plans for trees or God's plans for the ocean. But in Scripture, it tells us that God has plans for us. God has plans for you, taking us, making us separate from the rest of creation. And this is the heart of God for man, to live above and beyond just existence. Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now we're in the New Testament. Jesus, the Son of God, continues to tell us that we don't exist just for ourselves. Actually, you exist for those around you. Light. Light on its own does nothing. It, it, it has to illuminate something that is around that light. That's where the influence is. And the same with salt. Salt on its own does nothing. But it's only when that salt comes in contact with other food that it keeps it from rotting or it flavors it. It gives it flavor. It gives it a beautiful flavor. We don't exist for ourselves. This is what Jesus is telling us. You don't exist. You weren't created just to exist for yourself. But your sphere of influence goes beyond that. We're influencers. That's what Jesus has called us to be. We're called to make a difference, not just in our own lives, but in the world we live in. And finally, John 10, 10, uh, 10, 9 and 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is Jesus talking. And he's saying that when I come and you believe in me, I'm going to give you life. And not just life, I'm going to give you life to the fullest. Right? Sounds like a Pepsi Max ad, right? Live life to the max, right? Here's the thing. We are created to live life to the max. You and I were not created just to exist, 
just to be a part of a system, just to breathe oxygen, eat food, live one year, one year, one year. No, we were created for more. You and I were created for more, and that's to live above and beyond. We're created. We're, we're more than a job, guys. You know, we're more than a career. We're more than the amount of money we have in our bank. We're even more than our health. God created us with a greater purpose in mind. But the problem is this. Either we haven't learned this or we've forgotten it. And what we've done is we've gone back to just existing. Just living or existing for things that really don't matter. You know, for some people, 2021 is not a year of new opportunities, but for some people, 2021 is a stepping stone to 2022. You know, like I know a lot of, you know, uni students like this, right? First year uni, second year uni. You know, I, I just need to get through this year and then I'll get to the year after and then I'll graduate, you know. Or after this, I'll, I'll then get a job and, and, then, and then I'll get a promotion and, and, and then I'll be able to have enough money to buy a house and, and then I'll be able to get married and, and then I'll... It's just a stepping stone. Just on the wheel. We've been told or have told ourselves that we just are normal, and our lives are just normal. We just need to exist, and that's one of the biggest lies in this world. One of the biggest lies in this world is that you think that you can live a normal life and not offend anybody, but that is offensive to our creator who did not create you for this. He didn't build you for this. He'll build you for so much more. Now, there's a famous story. I, I don't think I've ever told this story, but there's a famous story about uh, chickens and an eagle. All right? Now, if you know the story, great. <laughs> now, there's so many different versions of this story. I, I think I read maybe five, six versions of this story. Um, but let me share with you um, the version that I, really, I found this time around. I loved it. It's hilarious, right? So the story begins with a chicken farmer, right, finds an egg in the yard. And it's actually not a chicken egg, but it's actually an egg of an eagle that was up in a tree and the egg had fallen and rolled down into the yard of this chicken farmer, right? Now the chicken farmer goes, well, there's an egg. Must be just like, like every other egg. And so puts the egg in with the other eggs under the hens, right? And then as time went on, all the eggs hatched, right? And you get all these chicks and you have this one, I don't know what a baby eagle's called. Egglet? <laughs> Let's just go with egglet, right? Eagling. No, no, egglet. Let's go with egglet, okay. Right? And so this, this young eagle grows amongst all these other baby chickens. Right? And 
the, the, the adult chickens are teaching the young chickens how to be a chicken. You go out in the yard, you peck for your food, right? And then chickens don't really fly. They can fly short distances, but they don't really fly. And so they don't really do much flying practice. And so this egglet, right, who doesn't know anything, he just thinks that he's a chicken, right, doesn't fly beyond what every other chicken is flying. Why? Because he just thought he was a chicken. All the hens, all the other adult chickens told him he was a chicken. All the other uh, chicks told, you know, this egglet, like, look, you, you're, you just look different, but you're still a chicken, right? And so he thought like a chicken, acted like a chicken, just like all the other chickens. Since the chickens could only fly for a short distance, the eagle also learned to fly for a short distance because he thought that was what he was supposed to do, not because that's all he could do. So that's all he did. And as a consequence, that's all he could do. Now, one day, the eagle, who had you know, grown up a bit, was uh, in the yard with all the other chickens, and he looked up, and he saw an adult eagle flying majestically over the sky. And the eagle goes to the other chickens, hey, what's that? And one of the smart chickens, because if you didn't know, there are smart chickens, and there are dumb chickens, right? The smart chickens are the ones that live out in the farm. The dumb chickens are at KFC, okay? That's where they end up, okay? One of the smart chickens goes, oh, that's an eagle. And the egglet goes, what's an eagle? And the smart chicken goes, they're a bird of the sky. You know, they, they, they're majestic birds of the sky, but we're birds of the ground, right? And that's what he got told. So the eagle lived like a chicken and then died. And that's the end of the story, <laughs> right? Now, I've heard so many different versions of this story, right? I think you were probably waiting for me to be like, and then one day, the eagle woke up and had this epiphany and thought, I want to be like that eagle and I'm going to train my wings. And I, I know I'm a little bit different, but I kind of look like that eagle. So I'm going to train. And then one day he woke up and he realized he was not a chicken, but he was an eagle and then flew away. Right? Now I've read that version as well, but I like this one. A little bit negative, right? But I like this one. The eagle thought he was a chicken, lived like a chicken, and then died like a chicken. Full stop. Right? And so many of us, we, 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 it's such a simple story, right? It's a story that we tell our children. But you know what's sad? That's some of us. We're all laughing and, 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 and joking about egglets and eagles and, and eggs and whatnot, but it, it gets real when I say, hey, that might be you. You might be the one who has no idea who you are, who you were created to be, who God says you are, and you just live as if everyone else tells you, hey, you, you, you're just normal. You're nothing special. You know, you're just like one of us. And what's sad is, 
And the reason why I like this story is, for some of us, we will die. And that's it. We just will not know anything better. Never realizing that we were created for more. Never, never believing what God had to say to us about who we were and why we were created. Never believing that the scriptures that I just read to you, God's words to you, are the truth over your life. And you just compromise and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to live like everyone else in this world. Man, you might be the smartest chicken in the yard, but you're still a chicken. You're no eagle. But it's not just the way that we live our lives that we find this, but it's also in the way that we relate to God. Because we don't know or don't believe what Scripture tells us about who we are, the way we were created, what happens is that the way we relate to God becomes bare minimum. What we give to God is what I I would say is the bare minimum right? Just enough. Or maybe even not just enough. We give God the basics and that's it. Why? Well, why bother? If I don't believe that I'm an eagle, why do I have to try to live like an eagle? I'll be the smartest chicken in the field. If I don't believe that God has created me for more, then why would I bother trying to live for more. Isn't that the truth? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to church. I know good people go to church. Tick, tick that box. You know, I'll, I'll go do my moral, religious duty. You know, tick. I went to church this week. I might even pray before I eat. And then you leave to live the best chicken life ever. My religious duty is done for the week and I'm going to go back into the world to find real meaning, real purpose and real satisfaction because I do not believe, I do not believe that this comes from God. That's what happens. So of course it makes sense that we give God our bare minimum because it's just consistent with our faith, what we believe. If you don't think God's real, like if, if you don't think God exists, then you're going to give nothing to God, right? No one here believes that Santa Claus is real. No one, no one here, oh, sorry, Joel. If, sorry, Joel. If, year five, Joel. Sorry, I forgot the kids were here tonight. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's the worst. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I feel so guilty <laughs> You know, if you don't believe, <laughs> I was going to, sh- shall we, shall we go to the tooth fairy? Okay. You know, no one believes the tooth fairy is real, right? Like, when you're a kid, you do. That's why you put the tooth under your pillow, right? Now, when you're young and you think Santa's real, what are you doing? You're writing letters to Santa, dear Santa, Right? And then, and then you mail it off into Santa's letterbox. You know, at night you leave, you leave crackers and milk out 
you know, for Santa to eat because he's, you know, so, he must be so hungry delivering presents to everyone in the world that he just, he wants milk and crackers from every kid, every house, right? That's diabetes, man. You know, you, you do that because you believe that. But once you stop believing that, you don't do that. Once you stop believing Santa doesn't exist, then you don't do that. You don't write letters to Santa. If you don't believe the tooth fairy exists, you know my kids, I taught them really early, there's no such thing as a tooth fairy. So you know what the kids do? They, the tooth falls out, they just come to me. Two bucks. You know? It's very easy. You know? When we don't believe when we don't believe that God exists and that God has a greater purpose for our life, then we will never go to God. It makes sense. I'm not talking about some kind of supernatural, mystical power. I'm just talking about logic right now. You don't believe it. You're never going to go there. But the problem is, if you believe it, then you should go there. But this is the gap. This is the gap in a lot of us. We believe it or we want to believe it, but we don't go. You know what that is? That's, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. We give God our bare minimum. You know, we, we give God our bare minimum with our hearts, with our time, with our effort, with our possessions. It's crazy to think that you really believe that God is who he says he is in scripture. My, my, my wedding anniversary is coming up. Please, someone remind me later. 13th, James, Pastor James, part of your job description. Buy some flowers, buddy. Um, we've been married for 14 years. You know, when you get married, they tell you this thing, right? Words are cheap. And that's the truth. I can't tell my wife, I love you, I treasure you, thank you for, you know, blessing our family with, you know, 500 kids. I don't know what the count is right now, right? And then just walk off and go play golf, right? My words and my actions do not match. But here's the thing, and I really... Some of you really need to hear this as we begin this year. If you believe in God, and if you believe that what he says about how he's created each of you uniquely and for a purpose and for more than just yourself, more than just a job, more than just to breathe, if you believe that, then start living like that. You know, when you do that, you don't, you, don't, you don't just give bare minimum. You know, there's passion, there's commitment, there's sacrifice. Friends, we give ourselves to the things we love. I always say this, you show me your bank account, you show me your schedule, I will tell you what you love. I don't even need to talk to you. You tell me how, much, how you spend your money and how you spend your time, I can tell you what you love. 
So if we're giving bare minimum, minimum to God, what's that telling you? If God doesn't get much of your time in the week, what's that telling you? If God's getting scraps, what's that telling you? It's telling us that there are other things that are more important than God. And I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm just saying that's a fact. Right? That's a fact. But I'm asking you, is that what you want? Is that what you want in your life? God has created us to live lives above and beyond. And for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about practically what does that look like? What does it look like to live that kind of life? I want to know. You know? You know some of the most attractive people are the, are the really passionate ones. You're like, man, I don't understand. I've got a brother here. He lives and breathes. Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He lives and breathes it. In his blood are little ninjas fighting each other, wrestling each other. I know that. I've seen it. If he has a nosebleed, those little ninjas fighting each other will come out. You know? He, but it is amazing. It is phenomenal to see that passion. And you can know. You don't have to think about it. He really is passionate about this. But if someone saw you today, if someone saw your life, what would they say you're passionate about? I'm a Christian. I love God. Show me. Show me that God is the most important being in your life. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me with your life that you believe that God has created you for more. So we're going we're gonna to explore these things over the next four weeks. But tonight, I just want to ask this one question. Why is it that we, why is it not okay to live a bare minimum life? Why is it not okay? And there's two reasons I'm going to give to you. Number one, and this is the one I've been going on about, is you were created for more. You were created for more. Can I tell you, no one here has accomplished the potential that God has given to you. No one here has done that. No one here has hit the top of their mountain and go, I've done it all. Right? You know, whether it be in your career. You know, you might be a CEO, but surely, surely that, that's not the pinnacle of your life. You, know, you, you might have trillions of dollars in your bank account, but surely that's not the end. Because the problem is, there's always more. There can always be more. You're the eagle. You're the one that's created to be an eagle, but you're being satisfied with being a chicken. That's what it is. When you don't believe that you're created for more, when you don't believe that God he made you and he made you for more than the life. You are the eagle that's living like a chicken and you're happy about it because you've got your, all your chicken mates around. You might be the smartest chicken. You might be the, 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 the best looking chicken. But you know how sad that is? God is giving you this life. 
The scripture tells us life to the fullest, the fullest. Meaning that there is nothing else in this life that can make you full. Nothing else that can satisfy you in this life. He's giving that to you through his son, Jesus. He's giving all of this to you so that you can be an influencer in the world. That you can literally change people's lives. But, but we're chasing dreams of fame, fortune, power, success. God's offering the fullest life on this side and the other side of eternity. And we're settling for temporary fun and fulfillment. God, God has set out the greatest buffet in the world. And you're chasing the crumbs underneath the table. And from God's perspective, that's not okay. As a father, if one of my kids told me, Dad, I'd like to be an underachiever in this world. I'd like to just be mundane. I'd like to be just boring, just like everyone else. Don't really have any dreams. Mm, maybe I'll become an accountant. Jokes, 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 jokes. There's always one accountant joke. Okay, KJ's downstairs today, it's all right. <laughs> you know, would I be happy with that? Oh, yes, yeah, son or daughter. We don't know which one's going to be, right? Yeah, you, you, just, you just go be a no nobody. You know, just, just go on living for nothing. Yeah, yeah, you, you go do that. Do nothing with your life. Go for it. No, if my child came and said that to me, firstly, being Asian, they would get beat in secret. <laughs> and then secondly, I would sit down and remind that child you were not created to just exist, but God created you for so much more. Now, I don't care what that kid does. I don't care how much money that kid earns. I don't care where that kid ends up in life. But as long as they're living for more than just waking up and existing, right? See, that's what God's offering. God's offering you the above and beyond life but sadly, some of us, we're settling for a, a salary. Settling for a dream. God's offering you influence, true influence, and you're settling for likes and comments on social media. From God's perspective, it is not okay. It is not okay because he created you for more. The second reason why it's not okay just to exist is it's because God gave you his best. The reason why it's not okay for us to give God our bare minimum is because God gave us his best. All right, imagine this, right? You're at your wedding with your spouse. You're sharing vows, right? Vows are the promises that, you know, man and woman make to each other. I... I don't know. Who shall we use? Albie, you want to get married this year? Yeah, all right. Hi, Albert Jang. <laughs> you know, imagine, right? Albert's up there and goes, you know, 
I, Albert Jang, promise to be the best ever husband in sickness and in health for richer and poorer till death do us part. Everyone goes, oh, wow, Albert, good on you, committed, you know. He's going to give his all. And then his wife-to-be stands there. I don't know, what's her name? (laughs) Albert's wife, if you're out there, please let us know. We're looking for you. (laughs) Lost property. (laughs) Call her Sarah. Ooh, prophetic. Oh, okay. Albert, any any Sarah you uh, bump into, mate? Imagine she got up and go, I, Sarah, whatever the last name is. I promise to be an okay wife in health. And uh, sometimes when you're sick, I'll, I'll get you some chicken soup. But for richer or for richer, because I don't really like it when you're poor, till I feel like it. And then if I get bored, I'll be honest, I'll probably just move on. No one, no one in the audience would be like, oh, yeah, Albert, you got a sweet deal, buddy. <laughs> you know, you punching, bro, you punching above, you know. That type of marriage would never work because the give and the take is not the same. That is why it is not okay for us to give God our bare minimum because God did not give us his bare minimum, but God gave us his best. We're not talking about quantity, we're talking about your heart. God sent his son. Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sin, your punishment, your death. And he swapped with you and said, you can have life to the fullest. Now, I want to take a moment, and and sometimes this happens and sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes when I'm preparing a sermon, there's a group of people in my mind that God gives to me. And I feel like I just want to address that, the need to address that. It's the group of people that who, they know who God is. But they turn up to church when they feel like it. Or because they didn't have anything better to do. Or it's, it's whenever you give your leftover coins in your wallet during offering. You know, offering time comes around. And it's like roulette. You open your wallet and it's like, what's the smallest note I can give? And, then the, and you try to hide it from your neighbor, right? Because if they see that you've got greens in there, right? And then you don't give a green, man, you're robbing God, you know? You serve only because you gain something from it. I'm talking about these people that will say one thing say that God is the most important thing in their life and yet you treat God like nothing. You give him nothing. You give him leftovers, not even leftovers. You give him leftovers of leftovers. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible every day. You do everything else in the day you want to do. You go to the gym, you go to work, you go earn money, you go meet your friends, you you watch Netflix, you even read a novel, and then right at the end, you're like, oh, yes, that's right, I need to read my Bible. And in the beginning, 
know what I'm talking about. You want to live your own life, make your own decisions and chase your own dreams. And what I'm saying tonight is go for it. If that's what you want, live that life. But don't come and tell me that God's the most important thing in my life. Don't insult God where you would never turn up to a job interview late. You wouldn't turn up to work late. You wouldn't turn up to a date late. You wouldn't turn up to your wedding late. And you turn up to church late. If God doesn't mean anything, then it's okay. But what I'm saying tonight is this. If it's real, let it be real. Now, I'm not saying you need to be perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if this is what you believe, then learn what it means to live that life because your bare minimum is insulting. How dare you think that it's okay for you to schedule your leftover time for God when God gave you his best in his only son, Jesus? Friends, we're called to live above and beyond in our relationship with God simply because this is what God gave to us. He went above and beyond for us. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He gave us his best. Next four weeks, we're going to look at that question. What does it mean to live above and beyond? But tonight, this is where we land. Why should we live above and beyond? One, it's because God has created you for more. And secondly, God went above and beyond for you. So friends, as we begin 2021, as you set the foundations of your year, and everything that you do this year is going to build upon these foundations, I'm saying this is an opportunity for you to set them right. Don't be a chicken. Don't let all the other chickens tell you that you're a chicken. Don't, don't let them tell you what you can and can't do, who you can be and who you can't be. But know that God, creator of heaven and earth, he made you. And he made you for a, a purpose that goes beyond your own life. A life that is above and beyond and it's the same God that went above and beyond for you. Sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. Who came to give you life and life to the fullest. Friends, I pray that you would live this life this year. That at the end of this year, you would be able to look back and go, well, it wasn't perfect but I gave him everything that I could because really he deserves that and more. Let's pray.